2: They may not be that smart and they may not
1: be that pretty, but they like to talk about Cardiff City. It's the view from the Ninny, and with views from the Ninny, and not shoes from the Ninny, and the view from the Ninian The second championship game of the season brought with it its first reality check for Cardiff City fans. Welcome back to the view from the Ninny, where we'll be talking about yesterday's diabolical performance at home to QPR. Joining me to dissect it as always, Tom Phillips, Ben Price, Ben Price. How are you? Not bad, mate. Yourself? Pretty good. And Tom, how are you? Been
0: better, but, you know, it could
1: be worse. Been better. Yeah, I, I think that sums up the football season so far. Um, We do have a couple of games to talk about. So before we get into the QPR debacle, we will talk about Colchester as well, as well as all the usual stuff on the podcast with Twitter, the aftermath of the game and looking ahead to Leicester away. But Ben, let's talk about Colchester first, because at least we won that game, albeit on penalties. Um a quick start wasn't it from the boys in blue
2: yeah um like first 35 40 minutes like 35 minutes were really good two nice goals and just playing some good football it was um again a false start really wasn't it? a bit of false hope um yeah it was good to see colwell and Atete both get off the mark so soon as well this season um i didn't realize it'd been like 17
1: months since colwell scored sky sports dropped that start. What was his last goal then? Was that against Nottingham Forest or was it did he score last season as well? He didn't score last season at all, so it must have been yeah, it'd have to be For- Forest or QPR maybe. QPR no, QPR. QPR. I always to get the QPR one, yeah. Um well, ironic that. Um yeah, uh Tom, you know, I think first goal came on nineteenth minute on 19 minutes. Um lovely bit of play by uh Rinna-Motta to get the cross in and Colwell with a, a lovely kind of touch and finish then across the keeper. Um how good was it to see, you know, Ben said there it was his first goal in 17 months. How good was it to see Colwell getting a goal, albeit in the in the in the Carabao Cup?
0: Yeah, fantastic. You know, he, he missed a chance earlier on as well after a lovely bit of skill. So you could sense, you know, frustration could build from that. So for him to get that goal could be massive because that's the type of player you want to kick on. You know, that that's the bit of quality that he does have. And when we go into the QPR game, I'm sure we'll touch on the the moments where he disappears as well. But in, in that game, I, I, thought he, I thought he, especially first off, I thought he was brilliant. Uh, ben, the second goal was scored by Keanu Tete. I mean, with the
1: best will in the world, and no offence to Keanu Tete, he had the easy thing to do, which was tap-in. Um, but I think the, the the kind of goal came from a lovely piece of skill by Oli Tanner didn't it? He kind of got the ball cut in and out, got into the box and had a shot. But um, he's an exciting player, isn't he, Tanner?
2: Yeah, he's like really raw and like that's a good and a bad thing at times, isn't it? The goodness like of his of how raw he was, like he's not well drilled, so like defenders don't know what he's gonna do. I don't so think he even he of, knows sometimes. Yeah, so he sort of just runs with it and hopes for the best and it came off. And he was he, he's really impressed me so far this season. He's he's bulked out a lot from sort of yeah. like when we first saw him. Um you don't realize how tall he is as well. He's a big it's lad
1: six one, six two, isn't he? He's a big boy. Yeah
2: built like solid now as well um yeah he's a really exciting prospect isn't he it started that year sort of last year we were expecting a lot from him didn't really come but um yeah i think in the background he's clearly been working really hard to get himself into a place to make an impact and so far yeah he did brilliantly to get that
1: chance for a touch to tap it in as well uh, if you want to read more about our opinions on Ollie Tanner, you should go to our Substack vftn.substack.com, where I wrote a piece about Ollie Tanner a few weeks ago. Look at that, Tom! Isn't that professional? Um, you know, we raced into a 2-0 lead thirty-five minutes, um, and then by half-time it was two-all. Um, goals from John Akindi and Joe Taylor for for Colchester to um, mm. uh, to, to kind of draw level. You know, we'll talk about it in the QPR game as well, but it was individual mistakes again, wasn't it? Um, and I think, you know, the one player who who kind of was highlighted with the Colchester goals is Jamalou Collins. Um, obviously, you know, Jamalou Collins, he looked so good at the start of last season, but is it the lack of football that's showing now? Is it being a year out of the game? You know, is it slightly ever off the pace or is it something more than that, do you think?
0: I don't know what it was, but he was well off it. Um, I thought he was poor throughout. Um, you know, I, I think after such a long layoff as well, um it's going to take time to get back to, like, full fitness. He's still not really got much experience in the championship, after, you know, to the beginning of the last season. He still hasn't played a lot of football over here, so you can kind of forgive him that. Um, you know, I think we tipped him to be one of the players of the season. I think I did, to be fair, so I hope he does improve because otherwise my predictions are going to be completely shit once again, but no, I think I'm not getting too worried about it yet. I think the more football he gets under his belt, the, you know, the improvements will start to come. Uh, and then,
1: I mean, after a blistering first half, Ben, the second half was really without incident. Um, you know, we pushed and pushed and pushed, but we couldn't score that second goal. Um, kind of petering out until the 89th minute. Um, you wrote the agenda this week, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to word for word write down what you've written here. The red card on JC, has football gone soft? I don't think it's gone soft, Ben, but do you? Yeah, look, I, I can't believe you're not allowed to take a player's head off now with a
2: high boot and get and like get a red card for it. I think it's outrageous. I think football's gone soft. Brexit means Brexit. And just everything's bad, and it's all Harry and Meghan's fault.
1: I mean, you certainly talk about Brexit. That was a proper Brexit football challenge, wasn't it? I mean, I, I know he could say that he doesn't know that the defender's there. He's looking to take the ball down over the top. But he's kicked him basically in the head.
2: I should, But I can't even work out what he's trying to do with the way his foot is to try and bring the ball down. I, I honestly have no idea where he's gone. This is how I'm going to bring the ball down, my boot over. It's just a really strange way of doing it. And then he's basically hit a claymore. If anyone's watched WWE, would know what that means and taken Colin's head off. It's, yeah, quite impressive.
1: You did have a good I, night, yeah. Colin, did he, thinking about it? Like, no
2: <laughs> it's a rough
1: day. Yeah, he probably went over with a bit of a headache. I, yeah, I know what you mean about it because, like, surely even if you're trying to take it down over your shoulder, you don't need to lift your leg that high. That's when mistakes are going to be made because you're just trying to control it six feet up. Um, and it, it took Collins' head off. Um, you know, I don't think I've seen anyone claim uh, that it wasn't a red card. Tom, do you want to offer any any further thoughts on has football gone soft here or should we
0: move on to the penalties? I, I just want to highlight how bad it was. He seems to hit him with like the whole of his body in the head. Like there's just <laughs> <Yeah>. zero control. <laughs> Just like, like Ben said, I have no idea what he's trying to do. It doesn't look like he's getting near the ball. It just takes him out. He must know he's there. Like, where else is the defender going to be from that kick? But, yeah, the, the more I watch it, the worse it looks. It's an absolute horror, tackle.
1: It is, it is. Um, game over to penalties. Um, Cardiff then... I don't... <laughs> What's the, what's the word I'm looking for then? One on penalties? I was trying to think of a more uh, complicated word than one. Um, I'm not having a good night here. My brain's not really working. Um, Tom, uh, Jack Arnwick in his lovely black goalkeeping top on sale soon, according to the club. Proved his worth once again. Was it, was it three penalty saves he, he he made in the in the shootout?
0: Yeah, and they were all decent ones as well. It wasn't like they were straight on the middle acting. Like, he's done his own work. He, he, he's gone for it and he saved them in the, the bottom corners. Um, yeah fantastic he seems to be a bit of a penalty specialist and yeah it's, it's only good, good for his confidence you know also about at the moment more moments like that can't you know can't do us any harm
1: uh, Ben a word on our penalties obviously Romeo and Ugbo put theirs away but uh, Reuben Colwell did miss his um, bad penalty good save what was your view on that? Uh, I think like it wasn't a horrific penalty we've seen a lot worse but yeah it wasn't exactly the cleanest and best penalty you'll ever see was it no it didn't cost us in the end so we are through to the next round where we play Birmingham away um Ben who would have been your ideal draw
2: I think like anyone but a team in the championship I was just thinking like League One or Premier League either side of that would have been fine because I think in between those two draws it was Spurs away and Newport County I think mm-hmm I think like either side of that, so either of those would have been amazing draws, and we get stuck with Birmingham away in a ground that I
1: don't think has a bottom tier still. No, it doesn't. Still closed. It was closed again at the weekend. Um, Tom, who would have been your ideal draw?
0: Yeah, I think like a Premier League club away. I think even though it's midweek, I think we were taking an absolute shed load of the fans there with a good. Well, there was a good feeling about the club, but I think we. I still think we took a hell of a following. And it is a, just a bit boring. Even at home against the Champions clubs, club is a little bit better, so we don't have to travel anywhere midweek. But yeah, it really is kind of like the worst of possible ties we could have had.
1: Uh, ben, I'll leave this one to you. Um, Martin O'Neill, National Treasure. Um, do you want to describe what he was doing for those who might not have seen it and explain why he is a National Treasure? I'm going
2: to make a bold claim and say that draw was funnier than the Rod Stewart one where he was pissed. Just because... Martin just didn't know what he was doing. He couldn't work out why everyone was laughing every time he tried talking into one of the balls instead of the microphone. Like, <laughs> he, I've I've never seen a man that's managed like, it's not like Martin, he's like a bloke that they bought in off the street to do the draw. He's done. He's managed. He's managed Celtic for Christ's sake in the Old Firm derby, but apparently drawing plastic balls out of a dish is what turns his brain into jelly, and it just didn't stop being funny the whole time. Because they just didn't know what to do. And he just kept on talking
1: into the ball, not the microphone. And just superb. To be honest, it's, it's when you think of like new ways to, to add hilarity to the draw. That is a new one, isn't it? I've never seen anyone try and talk into the actual balls that he's drawing out of the the bowl.
2: You know when Tom gets put under pressure and he turns, like, he turns into jelly? That's basically what O'Neill did in that. Because it, it was just like rabbit in the headlight sort of thing. And even after it was pointed out to him that it's why you're talking into the ball. He still he did it. On, yeah, he kept on doing it by accident. Um, we, I did a charity event a few months ago with Sir Gareth Edwards. And instead of talking into the microphone, he clearly had a couple of glasses of wine at that point. Instead of talking to the microphone to answer questions, he talked into his wine glass. Brilliant. And that didn't stop being funny. And that's, based, that's exactly what that reminded me of. Uh, Tom, what would be your
0: ball drawing technique when you were doing the draw? I do quite like the Rod Stewart, you know, dipping the hand in from about eight foot in the air, then pulling it out really excitedly. But the, the O'Neill one feels like someone's had him on just before he's gone live on air. Someone's gone, go on, tell him, tell him the microphone's on the ball, tell him he needs to speak into it. <laughs> and then like, and then even when they're laughing at him, he hasn't like worked out that someone's had him on and he's gone live. How would you think that's how it works? Has he never seen a draw before? He's a football manager. Surely he watches them.
2: He's like a really, really intelligent bloke. He'll like like if he's you read his stuff, he like goes to like murder trials and like makes like makes notes. His hobby is going to murder trials and like (laughs) stuff, and then like trying to work out what what his verdict would be off it.
1: He's so basically his his hobby is basically playing human Cluedo.
2: Yes. He's like a really, really intelligent bloke. And then he's always weird weird as well. Like, don't get me wrong. Fine, good. As long as we're agreed that he's weird. But he's a very clever bloke. And to see him just talking constantly into a plastic ball that he's just drawn out, is just really funny.
1: Um, Tom, the reason I asked you the question about the uh, ball-drawing technique was I hope it would put you on the spot and turn you to jelly because people seem to like that. So keep an eye out for those throughout the the rest of the pod. Um, Right, moving on from Colchester to QPR. um, Ben, you know, after last week against Leeds, after all the positive summer we had this year, um, we were all really excited for the QPR game. Big home crowd. QPR are rubbish. They're terrible. They lost to Watford 4-0. Gareth just just getting sacked. So, of course, they beat us 2-1. Of course, that was going to happen, despite all the confidence from our side. So, the first question for you, Ben, is what went wrong?
2: Basically everything. Um, important players had absolute stinkers. Um, our right-back couldn't defend their left wing. Their left wing back, but managed to mark our left, our right wing out of the game completely, which is really impressive. Um, centre midfield were just non existent. Apart, uh, to be fair, Adams was good the first half and it was just horrific. Like, players you'd rely on to sort of like the first goal, for example, is just appallingly bad from the way the throw in's given right the way through to the defending from a It's just—it was just an absolute stinker, and the players just seemed to lose their heads. Uh,
1: before you know, we'll dissect all that kind of good stuff um, in a second. But Tom, um, I think there was a bit of a surprise before kickoff, wasn't there? Um, the the return of Hey Jude. Um, <laughs> a lot of controversy over that song. Never quite sure why it was banned. Never quite sure why it was binned off. Um, but now it's back. Um, how did that make you feel?
0: Proper nostalgic, I must admit. I think with all a good feeling in the build-up, to hear that coming on in the speakers, you could sense it lifted the crowd. Um, pity that didn't last. But for, the, for that like la- that couple of minutes, it was absolutely brilliant. Then me trying to explain to like, Sarah who sat next to me why this was exciting, and her not quite getting it because she hasn't been to a Cardiff game for been to, like, one in about four years. Yeah, it didn't really translate. It just looked like I was being really, really childish about a song. Just getting really, really overexcited about it, but there's plenty of others who felt just as childish to be around, around the place. But no, it was it's nice to hear it blaring through again rather than some random wrestling music that I don't understand. Um,
1: yeah, I think it's, I think. Um, it... Ben's written here. Again, great great agenda, Ben. It shows that the club is actually making an effort and listening, isn't it? And I think we've talked about it on the pod over the last few weeks. You know, the, the social content, everything that they're putting out on social media, you know, they're organising events for you to go and meet Aaron Ramsey in the dressing room next Wednesday, all that kind of good stuff. It shows that the club is actually listening to the fans and, and, and making an effort to try and kind of reconnect with them again. Um, ben... Too bad the players on the pitch aren't doing that at the moment. Um, you kind of touched upon it there at the start, but let's talk about O'dowder, uh and the error for the goal. Um, if you haven't seen it, um, ball comes down the line. O'Dowda, I don't know what he's doing, but he seems to think that he's got about 15 minutes to, to kind of usher the ball out of play. The QPR player kind of sneaks in, centre defence turned off, ball goes across and it goes in. Um, I guess the first question for you, Ben, is what the fuck was he doing?
2: I think it starts worse than that. Like, Watch what Grant did to give the give the throw-in that he just switches off from. It's a yeah. three-yard pass, and he passes it about six yards behind O'Dowder. It starts from that, and right the way through then, I don't know what O'Dowder did. He switched off, then for some reason had the bollocks to yell at Abu Adams saying it's your fault, which really confused me. Don't back down double down, just saying that. It, no, to be fair, like it was quite impressive. Like he he properly gave it like, What are you doing? This is why didn't you? And like it was because me and Tom were sat in the same block. It's pretty much like in line with us where it happened. You could hear Adam shouting man on. The crowd was shouting man on. And he just sort of stopped and was like, Who's man on? Yeah and yeah, ran round that's and uh, a lovely,
1: that's a lovely Welsh name. Thanks for shouting it out to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. this speaking come like to me. Um yeah. Yeah, it was just horrific. Like for a
2: normal, reliable player as well, it was. He did not have a good day yesterday. Although to be fair, did well
1: for like our goal. But yeah, that first bit was just horrifically bad. Um, Tom, I, I, you know, I've, I, the immediate reaction after the game was to see a few people say, "That's why he shouldn't be playing left back. That's why he's not a left back." All that kind of stuff. Well, I understand the argument. O'Dowda has been one of our most consistent performers, and you do get a lot of benefits in playing left back, but does that show the need for someone who is just more defensively minded and
0: more defensively competent or are we just being rash I think it's a bit rash I, th- I think it's a communication error but like see how angry he gets I-, I don't know if something more is said by Adams because he I don't think it was a simple case of doubling down it, it does seem like he's proper angry about something yeah. so plus it's just you know these are players who aren't I- used to playing together yet you know Adams was out the whole of last season. We're trying to play a different brand of football. We've got a different system, and I still think we're trying to get used to it. And I, I don't really mind it. The stuff I worry about is just the lack of intensity that we had yesterday. It just felt flat and lethargic yeah. from the start, and that, and then that translated into the crowd, and that kind of special occasion kind of dissipated really, really quickly. But you know, I, you know, like you said, Odal has been one of our more consistent players over the last year or so. So. I'm not going to jump on his back just yet because of one mistake. And like Ben said, like he did, he did a lot of good in the second half as well. So I think we can give him the benefit of the doubt on this one.
1: Um, talk about the second goal, Ben. Um, again, gave the ball away. Gutas was tracking his man, very rash to dive in, and then we're on the recovery. Um, it was just an all-round disappointing goal to concede, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, we've. It's I think it's classic City. In it, we came from looking we were about to get an equalizer it was, was that not what 3 4 minutes after Randy rattled the bar yeah um from there to concede that sort of poor goal from like again it's just players switching off not thinking why are you dive in there i don't get it i really don't understand it especially for someone's if, like gutas is really experienced i know he's not played in the championship before but that's just standard defending why are you dive in there i'm not too sure and then sort of City players. I don't get how we were so quickly outnumbered as well. Because when we were on the attack, it was a really strange goal to give away. Like players just didn't seem to bust a bollock to get back, thinking other players would cover. And it was just, yeah, yeah, it'd be one of the easiest goals sort of QPR will get. Because don't get like two 0 flatter QPR because they were dog shit. They really weren't good. We were just really poor. We allowed them to do everything they needed to do. We just, like Tom said, no intensity. We we killed any we killed momentum ourselves. Okay. NG just seemingly just wanted to suffocate the game for us. And just any chance to sort of play the ping the ball out wide to Grant or Bowler was just not used. Bowler was in acres of space so many times and the pass was on. And NG just seemed reluctant to give him the ball. If he did then give him the ball, it was behind him. It was a really poor pass and wasn't like Bowler clearly wants the ball just in front of him to run on and take the man yeah, out. He wants him run lead. to it. Right under his feet or just behind him, just c- kill him dead. Uh, just any time we went forward the passes were slow they were lethargic there was no energy on them it was similar to sort of early days Morrison where sort of we were knocking it around around the back nice and steady and it was fine but the actual killer ball the, in- the intent wasn't there and it was very reminiscent of that game of that sort of time
1: so um, we kind of touched upon it there but obviously you know QPR were bad we created our own chances um, Ramsey and McGuinness both hit the bar and um, you know, Ramsey shot was a beautiful shot, curled it over, just clips you know, hits the bar full pelt. Um, you know, you, you take out the you know, the individual mistakes. QPR probably don't create that much. You you look at the chances we made. It could have been so different, couldn't it? it, it, it is as much as it was bad, there are fine margins in there that could have seen a different result.
0: Yeah, but I, I don't agree with anything from it. I think Yeah, we did. We QPR hit the bar did. twice,
1: mate. Hit the bar twice.
0: Well like aim lower then. But, like, no, I think, like, Kupiard did to us what we did to Leeds a little bit. Yes. They sat back, they stayed organised, and they called, called them on the break when there was acres of space. And so we should have known about that. I think the frustrating thing for me is we did get in some good positions, but that kind of, like, telepathy between players isn't quite there yet. There was one bit, I think, where Rams had got the ball, put it back across the box, and all our players went forward and no one hung back where you would have had like a shot 10 yards out of a goal. So those moments, I'm hoping it's not a lack of quality. I hope it's just they haven't linked up just yet. Because I I don't want Ramsey to get frustrated as the season goes on, because people aren't as good as it were Ramsey. That's my one worry about it. But no, yeah, yeah, we could have scored a couple of goals. We could have won that game 3-2, but it would have been an absolute robbery if we did. Because I thought QPR played very well first half, considering I think they played within their ability... Yes, we picked up second half, but that you could tell us because we were playing a team who aren't used to being in winning positions. Their fans got nervous, their players got nervous, and we let them get away with it. Um
1: Ben, you've highlighted a few players here. Um O'Dowd obviously had an off day despite the assist for Oakbo's goal. Um you've highlighted NG, Wintle or Poor. Um, you know, Wintle is probably the best of a kind of bad bunch of midfielders at the moment. Um, does he rely on roles? Like, well, how how do we get the more consistent Wintle that we saw at times last season? Because it seems to be that he drops off from game to game at the moment.
2: I really don't know because sort of what sort of made him stand out earlier last season was sort of there was a lot of forward passing from him. This was all like the one thing sort of City fans like, and there was a lot of impatient fans here like yesterday that were sort of getting fed up with a sideways passing is the sideways nothing passes that sort of when the killer passes there. Winter mm-hmm. wasn't that so much before, but now he's really become sort of crab and it seems like a lack of belief in himself that he's got the ability to pick the pass out. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, It's it seems like the second players come to the Car City Stadium, they sort of get a bit stuck in their own heads, unsure of everything. So I really don't understand how we get the best out of him because I don't think it's a case of like rules not being there because... Like Adams was quite good. I thought like yeah. he was the best best midfielder on the pitch until he got hurt. Um yeah, it's it's a really difficult one, but he needs to sort of sharpen up now because well, like Bullet said in his interview, there's players that are gonna have to be needed to move on, and players aren't some players aren't delivering to the stands they need to. Wintle did all right and he sort of he's earned the plaudits last season, but he needs to put, like buck up his ideas now because there's no guaranteed place for him.
1: Tom, another player that's kind of disappointing so far, and, you know, I hate to say this about a player who's been here for two games and, you know, clearly came in on loan quite late on in, in pre-season is Karl uh, Carlin Grant. He seems to be getting a lot of uh, the focus of the eye from the fans at the moment. He was okay against Leeds. Um, I think he was kind of in the shadows of Bowler against Leeds, who had a, a pretty good game. Um, yesterday, again, it didn't look like he had a particularly good game. People were very critical of him on Twitter. What's your view on him? Is he... You know, I, I think we expected him to kind of be a starter alongside Robinson instead of Ugbo but it seems to be that Ugbo's going ahead of him now at the moment. Would you persist with Grant? Is there a player there or are you willing to write him
0: off already? No, there's definitely a player there but at the moment it looks like we're getting Grant of last season not the seasons I led up to it and I think that's the worrying thing. I thought he was poor defensively and defensively so... Fair play to him. He was (laughs) really good in that middle 12. (laughs) Yeah. Like mentioned earlier, he gave the ball (laughs) away. Yeah, he gave the ball away a lot. And I think he was out of position quite a bit as well. And I think he's lacking a bit of confidence. I think as a team, we weren't sure whether to stick or twist at times. And we were just playing the safe pass. And I think he was kind of like victim of that as well. So I would persist with him because he's clearly a quality player in there. But, yeah, if he carries on playing like he has in the first two games, then it could be a little bit worrying. I get why fans are getting a bit impatient, but it has only been two games. Um, he's a new player with us as well, so you know, give him a bit of time.
1: I'd also be willing to give him time until Robinson's back full and they're playing together, because they clearly had an understanding when they were at West Brom. You know, there's, there's videos of them linking up and, and combining together. And I think we're playing Grant on the left or playing him um, on the wing, and we, that might not be his best position his best position might be through the middle or it's when him and robinson are basically interlinking and interswapping and that could be where we see the best out of him. So I don't think he should be written off yet. But Ben, um we've already talked about them already but it was it was good that Tanner and Colwell came on obviously Tanner making his um, championship debut uh, which is amazing really came you know from Lewis last summer a year from non-league to making his championship debut but they look exciting when they come on don't they and that's that's only can be a good thing right if you're if you're chasing a game and you've got players like Tanner and Colwell to bring on and they put in performances like that. That's exciting, isn't it?
2: Yeah, and it's encouraged. It's like doubly encouraging that Tanner put in a performance that impressed against Colchester and has given a chance for the next game then yeah. to go, go on, continue this going. That shows the pathway. That, yeah, and not just that, actually, he, he made an impact as well. He showed, like, he's, he's clearly not ready to start a championship game. I still think he's a few months away from that. But, yeah, I, I'm convinced now him going out on loan is not the right move for him. He needs to be in and around this squad and sort of get, gaining that match experience. And these cameos, he's going to really contribute a lot. Because like we said, he's, he can be a battering ram. He's quick, he's big, he's strong. Like, if you've got a player like that coming on, you've just been ran ragged by someone like Bowler for the last mm. 65, 70 minutes. It's a great asset to have, and he's just going to improve every time. Like, he's going to have off times. But yeah, like it's, it's, it's a really encouraging thing. and sort of one of the big, bright sparks. Because him and Cole really look to make stuff happen. Like in Colwell's party didn't really come off, but you could see what he was trying at least. So there's the, the ball and the movement and the passing was there. The off-the-ball movement especially was really good from those, those guys because like, I think in the first half, you look at a lot of the players were very static. We were taking yeah. phones. And it was almost like six and a half years to work out who we're going to throw it to because there was just no movement. There was no communication. Those young lads come on and are all about the pitch, really busy, really causing problems, and we created chances from it.
1: So, yeah, I think, it's, it's, a, it's a positive out of a bit of a grim day. And you talk about Colwell, like, you can see what he's trying to do. It's not always going to come off. At least he's trying to do it, right? And I think that's the thing we we lack sometimes. You talk about it in the first half being static. If you have someone who comes on who just tries to pick a pass, tries to do something a bit different, then that can only be a good thing because if it doesn't come off nine out of ten, that one time it does come off, it's going to be spectacular. Um Tom, you know, we've got to talk about some of the positives. Ugbo, two and two. Um, you know, I can't remember the last time a striker start a season like that for us. Um, I think he could be a little bit of a gem of a signing. I think we were talking about it last week, didn't expect him to start, expected him to almost to play second fiddle. We talked about it on the pod as almost being like the signing we made before we made the actual signings we wanted to make. But he looks like a really tidy footballer who just knows where the goal is.
0: Yeah, I'm still yet to be convinced, I think, though. I think, I thought he was quite poor against QPR, but if he still pops up with a goal every now and again, then yeah. I won't complain too much about it. I've, I've got a feeling he might peter out. I think if we do bring in another attacker, I think he, he will be the one that makes way. Um, but yeah, you can't argue with it, though. You know, two games, two goals. I, I don't want to be down about it. I think I'm just... I've been burnt before by strikers I've got excited about. So I'm just trying to, like, temper that at the moment. But no, you can't argue with two and two. And yeah, long may it continue.
1: Uh, and Ben, the, the final point before we look on to the aftermath of the game, um, you know, which is still talking about the game but a little bit afterwards. Um, you've got here what's gone wrong at the, at the Cardiff City Stadium. Our home record is pretty woeful since COVID. Um, do you think COVID's just taken the sting out of our home ground? You know, we always used to... There used to be the fear factor of teams coming to the Cardiff City Stadium. It would always be relatively full. It would always be a, a loud atmosphere. But, you know, Covid, I think, took away a lot of the fans who probably were going, kind of showed them that there was other things to do and they haven't really returned. And now, we're you know, Saturday was probably the biggest crowd we've had in over a season or whatever it was. And maybe that just maybe maybe the club needs to start doing more again. They have taken away the drums. Do you think that could be the problem or do you think it's just more than that?
2: I don't know. The players don't seem comfortable playing there for one, which is really strange. And the fans are sort of like, we've always had a decent atmosphere. Like, you can complain that the Cantons, the the, the fans in the Cantons should be in the, where the family stand is, blah, 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 all of that shit, but that's never going to happen. But no, there's always
1: been always, that. Bit. There's always there's, been loud and, loudness and singing.
2: Yeah. And that, other than Hey Jude and sort of the first couple of minutes, never really got going. Again, I think like the band going. Uh, like the drum going played a big part in sort of no one knowing how to get a chant going. It was it was just a really strange flat atmosphere for what should have been like an exciting day. Like even like the Ramsey stuff, you think it, like there'd be a lot of Aaron Ramsey baby chants and stuff. Yeah. I think it started once, maybe twice. It was a really sort of flat atmosphere that sort of, again, is like a combination of like why fans are sort of on there. You can hear every murmur. You can hear every person calling
1: each player a prick. It's, you can hear the groans, like when a pass goes astray. The overwhelming noise now that CCS is that groan that people let out.
2: Yeah, I'm mean, spot on. It's it's such a weird place at the moment. Sort of there was in the concourse. It was like there was like a really nice sort of buzz. Everyone was really. I bumped into a few people I haven't seen for a while. We were having a bit of a chat saying, "Christ, this is looking good. This is really promising." There was that buzz. There was that excitement. Um, second, we got to the bowl and like the players came out. The second the game kicked off, it just went, and it was just a sort of anticipation. It felt like last year again. It was a really, really strange thing, and like that magic from the CCS has really dissipated since COVID. Since we were
0: all out back in for COVID. I think um, though, like, th- but that's the problem, isn't it? I think the reason that it drops when we get when the players come out is because that's been the problem: is the players. Yeah, I think like, if, if you've had nothing, if you've had nothing to shout about. Why should people shout? And I get that there's, a, you know, kind of a responsibility for fans to G them up, but it hasn't worked for a while. So, like, we've had, we've had nothing good on the pitch to shout about. Like, I've hardly seen Cardiff win, it feels like, for a couple of years. Like, and, you know, it's really hard to get behind the team. I, I'm not in the kind of camp of groan and moan and things like that. But at the same time, you can't blame people. And yeah. that's why it's so frustrating this QPR game. So, it feels like a missed opportunity. I think you score early in that game after the result against Leeds, you know, with a good feeling that's there. You take you know, you score a couple in the first half and suddenly, you know, momentum's building. And the reality is now we're gonna be playing Leicester, you know, um, Sheffield Wednesday in Ipswich in the next three games. We could be sitting one point after four or five games if we don't back up our ideas. And that good feeling could disappear really quickly. And I think that's the most annoying thing about that game on the weekend. It just it just feels like a massive mischance
1: nothing like,
2: see, that like that theory. right i've not seen cardiff win since and i didn't go to many games last season I was a lot going on and stuff but i've not seen cardiff win in person since Oh know that was away so i wasn't even there for that i was thinking it was it was the uh derby game but no i wasn't there for that see it had been reading on the 9th of april 2022 was the last time i saw cardiff win Jeez. no that was away i wasn't for the stoke game <laughs> <laughs> It was four long time for, Was it Peterborough? It must have been Peterborough. Yeah, it's the last time Look, I saw Cardiff. You'd be back in the nineties if you carry on doing that. Yeah, no, no, I wasn't there for that. Was it nineteen ninety three? 9th of February twenty twenty two. It was just after the FA Cup game against Liverpool. Yeah, that's the last time I saw Cardiff win in the Cardiff City Stadium.
1: God, yeah. I mean, it's it, it, Tom's right, and it it, it hasn't been. Fun following the club. And I think the default over the last, I think part of the problem as well is the default over the last 18 months, two years has been, this is shit. So when something goes wrong, you don't really think, oh, this could get better because invariably over the last two years, when something bad happens, AKA the other team score, or, you know, we don't score within the first half an hour, it basically means we're not going to win the game. So the, the positivity isn't among the fan base. Um, Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a
0: thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, get 20, 20, get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So
1: Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at MintMobile.com.
1: Moving on to the, the kind of the aftermath of the game, Tom. Um, you know, we I think we were all very assured that we were going to beat QPR. The positivity was there. Obviously, Leeds was a relatively good performance. We thought QPR are terrible. Um, We were going into that game with the, kind of all the confidence in the world, but they delivered us that early season reality check. um, is it a good thing that it's happened now with two weeks left of the transfer window or two and a half weeks left of the transfer window? The players are still settling in, the fans aren't gonna, you know, be too complacent already. Because I think if we beaten QPR 4 0, we'd be thinking, oh, fucking hell, top six, here we go, whatever it may be. There's still a bit of realism amongst the fan base now, right? And it'll probably help the players in the long term. Do you see do you see my logic?
0: I see the logic, but I think it's a little bit of baller personally. Fair enough. Um but but I think it's just like I said it's a missed opportunity with momentum I don't think we need a reality check because we were shit last year it's not like we've been amazing no no no, you no. Know. I'm not, no I'm, what I'm saying
1: is is that like we were, we were so our hopes have been brought so far from last year to this year that all of a sudden there are fans who are kind of getting carried away with it and all that kind of stuff and if you know QPR was basically we thought it was three points in the bag when obviously it's the championship that's not the case
0: yeah I, but I, I, I'm all for getting carried away because that's where that atmosphere comes from, and I think I, I get it. Right, I, I get it. you don't want to be complacent, but I don't think there was any there was going to be any danger of us being too complacent because we've been burnt by this before. And it would have been nice to kind of build that excitement. So I I, I think we could have done without the reality check, really, because we're always going to bring in a couple more sign ins. It's not as if our you know if we hammered QPR suddenly the checkbooks closed and we're not bringing anyone in. We're always going to bring a couple more in. So I think we could have really done without that. I think it was, like I said earlier, a really missed opportunity. I'm trying to yeah. say I'm absolutely gutted about it because I was genuinely excited. I was still nervous going into it because this ha- this thing has happened time and time again. of I, t- I thought it was going to be different this time and it wasn't and it, it, it was proper deflating. I, I felt. I haven't felt that gutted, well, since, probably since the Swansea game, really, which wasn't that long ago, really. But I think like it, it was a massive blow <laughs> to our fan base once was again. was the Swansea game, like, like March. It's like five months, yeah. Yours really yeah. wasn't that long
1: ago, and we haven't played football for two of those months. Um, <laughs> um, Ben, I, I guess you know, playing devil's advocate and all that kind of stuff, there's stuff there's positives to take from that game, isn't there? In a sense that. In 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 a, in a season when we know our football is going to be evolving, we know we're trying to do things differently. We've we've already had a game where yesterday we had 502 accurate passes. We dominated possession by you know 65 to 35 percent. We had next G of 2.8. We hit the bar. Yes, we created lots of chances. Some of them probably weren't big chances. Like there are positives to take from that game, isn't there?
2: Yeah, look, I think you've got to take the good out of that. It's it's like it's not like no one's saying with the finished article and stuff, but yeah, we've got to take the good stuff. Like there were times where we did knock the ball well, especially sort of the last 20, 30 minutes of that game. I thought we looked quite good. Um, Robinson came on, made a real impact. was looking to make stuff, making, trying to get stuff going. Bits of that are the positives you need to take from it. But I agree with Tom where it's sort of, there was a real opportunity to build some momentum and get some goodwill. And like, I think one of the things was everyone's like, it was was it 21,000. I think the crowd was. A lot of people are expecting possibly a bigger crowd. I thought, I thought it, looking at the ticket sales, I thought it was going to be closer to the 23, 24.
1: Yeah. Sort so yeah. a win at
2: home there with like builds the goodwill and sort of keeps it up. Because I think based off that, the next home game, I think it's our next home game, Sheffield Wednesday, isn't it? Yeah, two weeks. It, it's going to fall below 20, isn't it? And then suddenly it's sort of you're creeping back down then into 15, 16,000 very quickly if results don't go your way. Um, there's good to take from it, but there's also negatives that sort of need to be addressed. And that's almost as important as taking the good from that. I think.
1: Um Tom, I, I had a little look on FopMob. Um, still haven't sponsored us. Um, it's a shame really. Um, you know, two games into the season i think our average passing at the moment is three hundred and sixty um in a game yesterday we I, I can't i i couldn't find a game where Cardiff went over five hundred passes before um in recent history um so let's celebrate that um the season we got promoted um under neil warnock uh we were bottom of the passing table with an average of one hundred and sixty six <laughs> passes per game um you know obviously there's going to be moments like this but our football is evolving, isn't it? The the way we play is going to be changing massively over the next few weeks. And how much, you know, again, getting our hopes up, getting excited for the games, all that kind of stuff. How much patience do we need to, you know, exhibit amongst all this? Because it's it's going to take weeks,
0: maybe even a couple of months for it to really settle down, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. It, It was positive to see us passing it around. I thought like, the first five minutes when we started doing it, I was genuinely quite excited by it. And I'm all for us sticking to it. I think we just need a little bit of that pragmatism every now and again when we're playing a side like QPR, where we need to yeah. be a little bit more direct. We need to try and play passes through them a little bit more. And I think at the moment, like I said earlier, I don't think players know when to stick or twist. And then sometimes when we did try and throw bodies forward, they caught us on the break. So it's it's, it's going to come, I think. We're, we're still a little bit sloppy with some of those passes. But I, I'm, I'm all for it, I think. We've got to be patient um, because I know I am sick of watching drab football now. Because even when we've been winning, like i being promoted and stuff, the exciting bit was the being promoted. It wasn't often the football games, um, and I, like, I don't want proper ticky-tack and nothing happening in football. Far from it. But If or pass passes together, yeah, it, it's that middle ground. And I think with Steve Morrison, we probably went too far one way, and we were definitely too far the other way for most of our last five years. So I wouldn't mind us finding somewhere in the middle. But it seems like a man who knows how to kind of like tinker with a plan and play horses for courses. Because what we did against Leeds compared to what we did against QPR were two very, very different performances. So if we can get both sides of that coin right, then we might see some good football for the end of the season and find ourselves you know, comfortably mid-table or even higher. But
1: what we did against Leeds was exactly what we should be doing, which was the passes into the wingers that are going forward. And we were cutting through the Leeds attack in a really direct quick way we're getting the ball forward from the fence forward quickly while yesterday it felt like we went too far the other way which was knocking it around the back and not being too direct so when you compare those two performances it feels like the middle is where we're going to find the most joy and I I imagine that you know with new players coming in with new you know new systems and new ways of playing it's going to take a few weeks to get there so um I'm I'm, I'm hoping that we can see a bit more um uh, ben, after the game, um, there's been a few kind of, you know, Dalman was in town. So, of course, here comes the Dalman Roadshow. Um, I think he sat down with the BBC and Wales Online, um, gave them an interview, um, talked through a number of things. Um, first one being a game changer of a midfielder. Uh, Henry, say, asked who the game changer is. I don't know, mate. You're the Indian no guy. You should tell us. Um, who do you think it could be, Ben? Who do you think could be a game changer midfielder? It's not Ross Barkley. He signed for somebody else. It's not Tom Davis because we can't afford him. Who could it be? I don't know. I literally don't know any free agents anymore.
2: I, 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 it's not a free agent, I don't think. I think it's someone on Do you think loan. this is the loan? Yeah, I think it is because we don't have to go for free. There's no rush to get the free agents through the door other than sort of Bill and squad. Someone said Ali. Alli. And yeah. I don't know, but
1: a fit Deli Alley in the championship. Yes, please. That would be nuts. If we it got a fit be... Deli Ali on form in the championship, that would be like ridiculous. Yeah. Him and Aaron Ramsey's in midfield in the championship if they're both fit and firing. Stupid. We that you know, when we signed Bellamy all those years ago, people rang the league, being like, how will Card have done this? That would happen this time.
2: Yeah, under a transfer embargo as well would be even funnier. <laughs> it's just all a bit surreal, isn't it? But yeah, it's um someone said that which would be class. Um his interview stuff like that bloke has been through the absolute fucking ringer. So I'd love for him to get another chance to yeah. sort of change his career. Um, is of the right time to do that? Historically?
1: No, no, but well, it, it worked, you know, going back almost 20 years, it worked for Kumas um, in 2005, 2006. It worked for Bellamy in 2011, 2012. Uh, Cause he got his move to Liverpool and that, you know, went on to have a couple more seasons there. It has happened in the past. I just don't know if modern Cardiff City <laughs> is the place yeah. to revitalize your career. Yeah. Um, um, he, he In that interview, he talked about it being a kind of 50 50 chance, uh, Ben. I mean, if it's not Delhi Ali, I don't know who it is. Um, so now you've got me excited. Um, so who, no, who I, are you going to pop? I, I don't know any. I'm not
2: Henry Say, I don't know anything about this. I'm just seeing what someone said. And I went, oh, that'd be quite cool. Um, I don't know anything. I've not heard anything. So I'm not. Taking any responsibility, whether it is or isn't Delhi Alley. I try to make that absolutely clear because I've seen the shit Henry's got on Twitter, and I don't fancy that. I yeah, I not fancy gr- that. I got enough grief <laughs> for my kebab choices, Um what he's
1: getting is so. Words, so. Um, uh, Tom, so we're signing Delhi alley uh, Ben said so. Um, how excited are you to see him in the midfield?
0: Oh, it'll be fantastic! Like I'm not even getting involved in any of this transfer nonsense. I've actually enjoyed the season of largely not knowing what's happening. And i kind of like to keep it that way. I feel like my life is a little bit better when I'm not constantly like scrolling through Twitter trying to find names. But yeah. obviously, if he signs it, it would be unbelievable. And then you've still got a, like, a tiny bit of a chance of Kiefer Moore turning up as well. And then suddenly, it's a very different outlook on the season. But look, see, I'm getting excited again. Now. This is what I didn't want to
2: do. Right. If, well, we, he, if we pull, if we pulled off everything like still to come in this window, we've signed Aaron yes. Ramsey, Kiefer Moore, and Delhi Ali under a transferring embargo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we haven't, have we? What? So let, let, let's not know. do this. Uh, what is like, like, just
1: what? weird? He did talk in the interview as well. Um, he did touch on Kiefer Moore. Um, Lucky uh, Kiefer he said, "What's I said again?" Lucky Kiefer. Lucky Kiefer. He, be- he kind of tapping him up in person I- in this interview, really. But he basically said that um, they want to sell Kiefer more, <laughs> which I, I'm sure, I'm sure Kiefer Moore's delighted that Darmans telling everyone this. They want to sell him. They want to sell him, but we can't buy him. Uh, but he said, in the last week of the window, they ask, "Are you still interested?" We'll take a stance then on and where we are with the team. So it sounds like it's going to be going to the wire if we were to sign Kiefer Moore. Um, The other thing, he talked about, Tom, in the interview. um, He did mention the kind of value of the club and how um, how Vincent Tan is kind of looking at potentially if we're in the top 10 in January, could he put some more money in, yada, yada, yada. (sighs) Feels like the club at the moment, you know, Dalman is more involved. He's definitely the focal point and the face of everything. He's said it's the best transfer window in his time at the club. But it also sounds like he's almost drumming up a little business to potentially sell the club. He said a few years ago, 30 million quid. Now we're sort of valued at 80 to 90 million quid. American equity firms are potentially sniffing around. I mean, if it doesn't go well this season, could we see the club sold? Could we see, you know, some American venture capitalists bringing in like they've done at Leeds and Bournemouth?
0: Yeah, possibly. I think... The worrying thing is that those comments are like, oh, if we find ourselves in the top 10 and stuff like that. My worry is if we're not in that position, what happens then? Are they just yeah. going to lose complete interest again? We're not going to be, you know, a club that people really want to be sniffing around if we're kind of free-falling once again. So I think that's why I'm trying to like temper my excitement a bit because it feels like, oh yeah, they're excited at the moment. But after we lose 3-0 away from home or something come the end of November, I think they're slowly going to stop coming to less and less Cardiff games and you'll see less and less interviews with Dalman in the press. Yeah. This is I the mean, thing it's, with it's these interviews is, all the time.
2: <laughs> the thing with Dalman's interviews is I feel like he should always stop his paragraphs a sentence before. He gives... <laughs> yeah. He says too much. Like, it's sort of... He goes on about this game-changing midfielder. Either don't mention that or don't mention it is 50-50. <laughs> yeah. So, that's a bad thing. And then you sort of got the stuff with Tanner sort of saying, mm-hmm. look... If we get top ten, um we might. He might sort of. We might go on and sort of see where it goes, um, and then he goes on about how like tam was really disinterested and just dis- depressed at how the last things have gone. So again, yeah. that's where Tom's fear goes, and he's sort of going like, if you just stopped there, it wouldn't yeah. be as bad. Like he, you've gone from not sharing anything to, if anything,
1: oversharing. Well, there's a quote there's a quote here, he says, let's remember over the last two years this club has fought against relegation. So it hasn't been the easiest of pitches this summer. Stop there. Cause then his next line is we had to go out and sell these players a dream, and that's been the difference. So like he basically <laughs> <stayed>. We, <laughs> we gotta sold them a lie, basically. Um uh, which we is great. To bullshit, um,
2: these poor bastards. They haven't got a clue what they're in for, but they bought it. Yeah. Gutas
1: thought this was London. Um <laughs> so yeah, I mean it's it's again. I, I only see I only want to see the positives in the fact that Dalman is engaged. He's interested. You know, he's talking a big game. He's he's clearly involved in all the decision making, which is good because for the last two years it kind of felt like he's been a, a foot off the pedal kind of guy. Um, in other news that has happened since our last podcast, Tom um, Joel Baggan has gone out on loan to um, another Belgian side. Um, only a good thing, right? Sign a new three-year contract. He's going to go and get consistent game time rather than playing back understudy to a left winger at left back. Um, do you think it's is, is it, do you think it's an interesting change of tack that we're loaning these players out? You, you know, last year we saw Kieran Evans go to Torquay. This year we've seen Isaac Davis go out to Belgium uh, and now bag and follow him. It, it, they're going to experience different football
0: cultures, aren't they? Yeah, I just don't see and getting game time yet ever. I found the three-year contract of bargain, a bit strange to be honest with you. I just, I, I don't think, I, I almost think he's hit the ceiling already. I think he, he has the odd kind of burst of games where he does all right, but I, I don't feel like he's somebody you could ever like trust on the ball. And I really like him. I just, I just don't think he'll ever make a breakthrough with us now. Like he, he had his little kind of stint in the first team, and I, th- I think he's been and gone. But it's great that he's gone out there to get a regular game time. So I don't want him to kind of just rotting like on the bench or, or just in the match day, like just travelling with the match day squad and not even making the bench because that's going to do a player no good. So yeah, it's great that we're not kind of letting these youngsters rot and we're letting them have a bit of game time. But yeah, if, if it, it might come off, you might come back a better player, but I think I'm a little bit sceptical on that one at the moment. So basically so you're saying, have a it- nice holiday. Yeah, but basically, yeah. <laughs> Go on, Ben.
2: Anyone else find it weird that we had eight years where we had a sister club in Belgium to sort of utilise this to export these players out. Um, Tan sold his Belgian club in the summer and now we're sort of sending our players to Belgium. It's a really weird thing, but I, I really don't understand why we didn't use it before.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And we had other links, didn't we? Because we had, um, Tan was involved in, was it Sarajevo? Sarajevo, um, yeah. And he, had, yeah. he was involved in LA for a bit as well. Um, I know he probably was like a, a secondary owner at LA, but you're right. It does feel weird that we've changed the tack to this now. When we've had years of the opportunity,
0: like the part- like Isaac Davis has actually gone to Courtraique as well. The yeah, club he did own yeah. right. So yeah. there's obviously still links there. So it probably makes sense, but it is a bit weird. Like it's not a bit weird; it's really weird. It I didn't enjoy the
2: announcement video as well. I'm Joel Bagan. I'm proud to be a farmer. I thought it was, I yeah. thought it was like
1: a, I thought it was a YFC commercial. I thought he was calling it a <laughs> farmer's league um right moving on to twitter before we talk about leicester uh get your tweets in twitter.com forward slash vft ninian rob ashcroft typical cardiff play really well at leeds and just miss out on the three points Then host a struggling qpr and get turned over that's one way to lose a few thousand supporters in the second week uh john t williams uh why can't we get out of the blocks in the york feeling sorry for myself long season looms what changes if any do you think will be made as tactically by the sound of it too slow couldn't take the initiative been that way for a while we'll talk about tactical change when we look at leicester um oliver reese bullet ball will take time think the club and fans need to have a little patience with it he wasn't going to perfect it overnight as much as yesterday was an opportunity missed to get some good points i'm sure we'll pick up some decent points at tricky grounds after two league performances in a ryan chard sorry after two league performances in a carabao cup round who does ben think will replace mark harris as cardiff's premier league quality player um I don't know if you saw Mark Harris's goal yesterday, by the way, Ben. What a lovely finish that was. That's <laughs> a lovely. good goal, wasn't it?
0: Really good. Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: See? Told you. Hate to tell you so. Um I think um Bowler's got the potential to do it at the moment. I know he's not a permanent sign in. I'm gonna fall in love with the lone player, but yeah, him or could could gift the Ballon d'Or to Oli Tanner.
1: I think Oh, I think good. Yeah, I think Oli Tana's a good shout. I think Oli Tana's a good shout. Um Tom, who do you think it'll be? Oh no, speaking on behalf of Ben.
0: Uh Ugbo now. I think he's gonna accidentally get 30 goals. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um Josh Marsh, what's your tiered central midfield uh, central midfielder signing? As in one makes sense, one is out of the blue, and one is a dream signing. And he's given us Camarasa, Deli Ali, or Billy Gilmore. Um mine makes sense. Uh, Philly Gilmore because I don't know if he's going to end up out on loan somewhere out of the blue would be Delhi Alley, Dream signing Victor Camarasa Tom, Ben who do you want to go so
2: I think up, I'm the same yeah I think I'm the same I with think
0: that. for all of us I speak for us all huh? I, I, I was a bit gutted by the Tom Davis one I must admit I really, really see him David. fitting in like, yeah, like I, I don't enough, know it seems like, like it seemed to fit like, I just kind of like, I really liked him when he broke, broke through at Everton. I think he'd really suit kind of our system and we need something like that in midfield. So, yeah, I'm still I mean, getting could, over that word. It could still happen. Um, it just sounds like, because, you know, we're a
1: week and a bit into the season now and he hasn't got a club yet. So his True. options could dwindle. It could happen.
2: Um, the reason he has got a club is the wage demands. I, think, I don't know if he's hoping Saudi come in or whatever, but like, he was on 45 grand at Everton. He wants a pay rise from that to come into any club at the championship. Has he not not seen the state of the finances in this league at the moment? Even they're not going to go for an out-of-contract centre midfielder that's not exactly that did well at Everton but didn't exactly set, set like the world on fire. They're not no one's giving him 60 grand
1: a week. But I guess he could, you know, there's an element of backing yourself. But then if the options get less and less and less, you could potentially structure a deal that has those bonuses. And if you back yourself and are confident with the club you're going to, you could, you know, say, pay me 20 grand a week, but give me a seven-figure bonus if we get promoted um Ryan Chard again also with a strong first half against Leeds a decent last 20 yesterday with Tanner Colin, and Robertson there's still a bit more expectation and a feel-good factor around the club so can we all agree on one thing that redacted per month is far too much to spend on a gym contract um does Ryan Chard <laughs> have, have a private twitter profile Tom what do you mean you know, does he have a lock on his Twitter profile, or can anyone read it? Oh, I don't know.
0: I, I, oh, I don't know. Why? What's he? Yeah. I haven't seen this tweet. he? I advice, think he's, He knows. He knows nothing. Anyway, he's making up for numbers and figures. He knows nothing about my gym memberships. I mean, you know, I've said this. You can't put a price on well-being. I want to be fit and firing for the pod. I'm doing this for you know the listeners. You know, and I, I don't like people like Brian Chad. I need to call him Brian Chad then. I don't like <laughs> Brian Chad bring bringing me down.
2: Uh, well, so if you, can go on to, if you can go on to Kofi and make a donation. Um, <laughs> yeah,
1: please do. We we, we, we know how much Tom's spending on the gym and we need the money now. And if you don't know how much he spends on the gym, go look at Ryan Shard's Twitter feed. Uh, no, Brandon- that's
0: not an accurate number. I'm not having this.
1: Brandon <laughs> Arthur, if your life, depending on the answer being correct in May, will Bullet still be in charge at the end of the season? I'm going to say yes. Ben? Yeah, I think he's here for the long haul. I think... Um, the only way he
2: goes if Dalman goes with him I think Dalman is ready to die on the sword with bullet.
0: Tom yeah I completely agree I think for the first time in a while this feels like a long term appointment
1: Uh, Adam Tibbs what do we think Callum O'Dowd was daydreaming about when he let them in for the opener Um, probably a pint at half time or hey Jude uh, Ellis Hearn, even though it was a very frustrating watch, there were positives. 65% possession, 15 shots on goal. Yes, only three on target, but last year we were the lowest scorers in the league. So definitely positives. And with time, surely it'll all click together. Absolutely. Chris Stevens inquest needs to be opened as to whether Carlin Grant has fallen victim to the same ability stealing technique techniques as seen in Space Jam. Who's responsible? Um, Tom, who do you think is responsible for stealing Carl and Grant's
0: ability at the moment? I'm hoping it's someone like Die Hunt. And he's just going to turn up a goal and he's turned into a 15 million pound attacker.
2: Are you saying die hunt Swackhammer? Yeah, why
1: not? Who's Swackhammer?
2: Yeah, I, th- I, have, I, I have no idea. That's why I just said I have yeah, no idea.
0: Not. Was he not a bad the, guy?
2: I'm sure he was the bad guy in Space Jam.
1: He might be. I didn't even Probably know he not. had a name. Didn't even know he had a name. <laughs> um, Sam Hill first half of QPR was so poor slow lethargic individual errors balloon of optimism soon popped Armstrong gave Guthas the run around all afternoon however second 45 was strong more intense quicker and one way traffic also someone give Grant a big hug he needs it Pete Davis says if we're signing three players what positions do you hope they are Ben uh, keeper striker centre midfield Tom any advances on that no no completely agree no no centre-half?
0: Oh, oh, I thought he said centre-half. So, the we'll keeper... Striker I, and centre-half. Oh, right, I'd probably sacrifice a striker for another centre-half.
1: I'd probably sacrifice a keeper for another centre-half. Because I think... Here we else. go. It'll come to an agreement. Stuart H, Carl and Grant, what the F. Uh, Gigsy, how nice was it to have Hey Jude back? Hey, it'd be nice if someone had told us about it. Tanner and Robertson stood out when they came on. Surely have to start next week. Grant looked short of confidence. I like the look of, ball, of playing the ball about at times, but Bowler was wide open. was very left, ha- left-hand left side heavy yesterday. Rodri, how certain are you that the reason we played poorly was because Alnwick wasn't wearing the black goalie shirt? 100%. That's the reason. He, the first game he hasn't worn it. Those game, morning. He went to grey yesterday and I don't even know why. Uh, George LCCSC, back-to-back strong performances from Oli Tanner. Do we keep him around the squad and throw him in against Leicester? Pretty poor yesterday and definitely more recruitment needed. I feel we missed someone like Cava or Moore who is in the right place at the right time from a corner. I wouldn't throw Tanner in against Leicester, Ben, but I'd give him another 20 minutes at the end. Yeah, look, I think those are the kind of games we you'll learn. Um,
2: even then, i just thinking about it, like, if it goes how it could go against Leicester, it's probably not the best game to bring him on to. Um, no. there's other there's other games for Tanner.
1: Leicester isn't it's not his day but it could be his day uh, Reese Williams Tom after the return of Ramsey then the return of Hey Jude what's the next thing that will return to Cardiff City this summer oh Kiefer Moore oh Ben what else is returning existential dread yeah that's what <laughs> away. I'll go somewhere in the middle Clark's Pies um, Ninian Talk does Shay Ojo start over Grant currently um, I'm going to say no Ben does he no Tom no no no, definitely not not just yet. Uh Lee Gardner does Cardiff City Twitter annoy you with the yo-yoing between HMS Pistol League to this is the end of the world as we know it does it need irradiating from the planet I wouldn't irradiate Cardiff City Twitter from the planet really because we'd be a bit lost without it uh, so I do think people just need to be a bit more calm about things um i think and i think it's just twitter has made this worse but the irrational not the the knee-jerk reactions to any result are far worse now because of things like social media i think social media and i think twitter is particularly good for football and for following a football but it does evoke like you can't just be in the middle on things you have to be one way or the other and that's the problem really um, I,
2: was quite, it, I, I see i was quite impressed with twitter this week that there was a lot of like yes there was problems it was disappointing but it was quite balanced. they were, i think the people that were tweeting the panic and sort of the outcry of this is the worst thing in the world they were sending a lot of it out whereas a lot of just one people just sending yeah. one tweet of like this is it but the people that were on a proper meltdown spewed out about 600 tweets about why it was bad
1: so but it's, it's, yeah, I, but it's the way it always is, isn't it? It's the negative voices are the loudest, and they're yeah. the ones that you see, and you know the dissenting voices are the ones that you're going to fixate on because if you're the other way, if you're thinking things aren't that bad, then you're going to go, you're going to find the things that you disagree with and be like, they're wrong, they're wrong, and you, know, you seek them out. Um, Alan Griffiths, the second tier marketing approach. It is the second tier marketing approach. Um, I mean. It, I'm not going to mention it. Alan Griffiths, ask Ramsey to sign my ankle ch- my ankle for a tattoo on Thursday, yes or no? I'm going yes, Tom.
0: I'd rather get Aaron Ramsey's face tattooed on his ankle, I reckon. Alan Griffiths, you hear that? Ben?
2: Yeah, if Aaron Ramsey will, like, cover his face in Sharpie and rub it on your ankle, is that, like, a fair compromise? <laughs> <laughs> that
1: would be brilliant. Um and then final one diff mj for years games where we've dominated the ball opposition we've not been able to win but bullet obviously wants us to dominate teams so it's going to take time to change midfield is neat and tidy but not dominant right now mid table still a good season need a few windows and stick to one style one style of football that is the best tweet to end it on because I think it sums it up quite nicely. Twitter.com forward slash FT Uh For all your tweets, get involved. We always put a call out the night before we were, uh, the day before we're recording the podcast. Right, then Leicester away is the next game uh, a week yesterday, Saturday, the 19th of August. Um, this is, I mean, you've really gone positive with the agenda on this one. Uh, the three points is really fun. Leeds was tough. This could be tougher. Many people's favourite for the league is it a free hit? We don't like the phrase "free hit." Ben, what was going it. on when you wrote this? What was going on when you wrote this?
2: I was looking at the Leeds squad, uh, the Leicester squad, and thinking, "Fucking
1: hell! How are they still in the Championship?" Yeah, they got a lot of um, they got a lot of players who should be in the Premier League. But they only beat Huddersfield one 0 yesterday.
2: I just have a horrible feeling it's going to click for them at some stage. And it's going to be against us, and we're just going to get battered. I don't know why. I've really not got a good feeling about that to, uh, next Saturday.
1: Um, Tom, do you have a good feeling about it? I was going to try and present some counterpoints, but I, you know, you're 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 generally a bit more of a positive man than us.
0: Yeah, I generally think like if we go back to the Leeds model then we're fine these are the types of games where I think we will for straight teams it's the teams lower down the league that we probably struggle for a bit until we click into that system we're organised enough and we coming to the defensive part of it and when we've got space to break we're fairly dangerous at the moment so you know I, I don't think there is a free hit in the league this year to be honest with you there's going to be times that all these teams will struggle and you know yes they've won their first two games of the season Leicester but they definitely haven't hit full flow yet and if they don't hit full flow for another week then we might, we might catch them cold so you know, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm not hopeful. I like I don't think we'll get something, but I wouldn't be surprised if we came out with a point. Um looking at the stats from yesterday
1: yesterday's game, Ben. Um they had sixty nine percent possession. Nice. Nice. Um who out of us and Leicester do you think made the most accurate passes in their games from Saturday?
2: The way you've asked that is making me think us, but now you're gonna drop it and go, No, it was actually them. Yeah, 100%. 100%. He's trying to catch what, us out. It, what do
1: you think it was then? Who do you think it is? I will an will give you it. Us. It was us by 12, yeah. Oh, we had We
2: didn't bluffed us.
1: They had 490. <laughs> we yeah, um yeah, we we had better expected goals than them uh, than they did in the game against Huddersfield yesterday. Um so then, do you think there's any chance we get a result away at uh the King Power Walker Stadium whatever it's called these days? There's always a chance. I'll call it the Walker Stadium to the day I
2: die, just because I like crisps. Um... Crisps are good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> please stop sorry, it. that really made me laugh for some reason.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had some good crisps yesterday. My local shop sells Lay's barbecue ribs flavour. So, banging. Uh, anyway, sorry, back to your point, Ben. Back to your point. Can, um,
2: can we call the podcast Crisps Are Good, please? <laughs>
1: Yeah, no. yeah, well, yeah, well, anyway, carry on, Ben, with your point. I'll think about the names afterwards. <laughs>
2: um, look, there's always a chance we come away or something. Our record's not too bad there, like you think back to the Camarasa absolute masterpiece. Yeah. Um, from yeah, there's always a chance. That's what I'll say. There's always a chance.
1: Um, Tom, so looking at their team, uh, I had a look at their team yesterday. You know, they've got Ian Harry Winks. Dewsbury Hall they're some good players but Vestergaard and F.A.E.S F- I never know how to say his name at the back both of those guys are calamities at times aren't they like I think Faze on his yeah. debut scored, scored two own goals um, and both of them were catastrophic Vestergaard I don't know how he's still got a club because he is fucking dreadful there is the chance to exploit
0: them isn't there definitely But one like what was it when when he's good he's really good but yeah. you just got to hope he's having one of those days where he's all over the shop. He's just, yeah, he's a bit sporadic at times. But yeah, like they have got some scary players in that squad, but the pressure is on them. And we've got yeah. results there before. Like that Camarasa win, that was a back against the walls performance. And we nicked it at the end. And there's no reason that we can't do that again. Like I said, the probability is against us, but we've done this in the past. You know, and I, I almost go into some of these games more confident than I do. The ones against the likes of Rotherham, QPR, Huddersfield, but that's probably just because we're pessimistic fans, and we, you know, that's just the way football is.
1: Vice is like a, a modern-day Paddy McCarthy. I always felt like he had a mistake in him. Um, anyone who, you know, Crystal Palace fans of the mid two thousands could probably probably get some sympathy from that one. Um, ben, his podcast is Peter and out. Uh, what's your prediction for the score? Three uh, one Leicester fucking hell god optimism died didn't it Tom one all. oh I'm going to go Cardiff 2-1 Aaron Ramsey's finally Oof. going to break his duck for the season um, and I will <laughs> carry on betting on him to score in 90 minutes until he does um, that's it another episode of the View from the Ninian in the can uh, Tom what was your favourite bit
0: ooh oh is this where you catch me by putting me on the spot right at the end of the pod
1: and you're, you're I, I'm doing a very, go, good job, very good job of styling I've, it out by talking.
0: I've learned, yeah, I've learned. I'm going to say the beginning. I'm going to keep it safe.
1: All right, yeah. Ben, any particular moments yeah. that stood out for you? I like the crisp chat. Like crisp Yeah, so. good crisps are good crisps are really good um, if you want to get involved in crisps chat twitter.com forward slash VFT uh, you can get involved with your favourite crisps on Twitter I know what our mentions are going to be flooded with next week um, if you like what we do and you want to give us some money KOFI.com forward slash VFT we do this for the love not the money uh, we do get some money from Sports Social but you know forget about it we'll be back next week after the Leicester game where we will have picked up a lovely three points we'll see you then